Greetings, and welcome to the RPG Review Board Podcast. You're listening to episode 24. In this episode, we celebrate one year of producing two podcasts a month. By the end of this episode, that's 20 hours, 6 minutes, and 52 seconds of tabletop-related content, a fraction of which was not jokes about rules for grappling. Join us as the board convenes in support of the betterment of tabletop gaming. Come now, the honorable representatives of the RPG Review Board. Oyez, 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 all rise. The RPG Review Board, actually, we're, we're not in session at all. It's, it's the end of the judicial season. The court has finished its last rulings for the year, and all of the judges are in chambers. Our robes are off. Not, don't, don't read too much into that. And, um, <laughs> now we know what Nathan keeps under his robe. That's just the, not good. The, yeah, the, the less said, the better, in point of fact. We are uh, we are looking back at our judicial record for the year, and we're going to talk about that today. So we have we have reviewed over the past year of this podcast eleven games, which is pretty impressive, I have to say. I'm going to read through those briefly, just so that we are all on the same page. But we're going to talk about this year in gaming that we've done what we liked, what we didn't like, what we might have changed our minds on, and just kind of reflect a little bit. Was it 11 Was it eleven games or 13 games? 11 review episodes, one of which we reviewed three games. Oh, yeah. Judge Adam reminds us ever the stickler for strict textualism. Adam, uh, Adam Lawson corrects us. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Well, we want to be accurate. Court. Okay, so our games that we have played in the last year are Blades in the Dark... Tiny Supers, Troika, Monster of the Week, Savage Worlds, For the Queen, Definitely Wizards, Skullbox, Modern Age, The Fantasy Trip, Atomic Highway, Castles and Crusades, and West End's Star Wars, the role-playing game. All right, that's quite a list. I, uh, I have to say, I did not think... That we'd be able to do it, and we did, and that's kind of delightful. We've played a lot of games. My my, my head is spinning with the amount of rule books that we've consumed and digested. Little dice floating, twitting around my head like birds. Let's start with a simple question. So we've gone through all of these games. We've given them our ratings. That those ratings are based on different things to different ones of us. We we've all been pretty clear about how we rate games and what we like about. It. But let's. Let's look at that list as a whole. What do you like most? What gets to the top of, of your list of the games we've played so far? And maybe what's on the bottom? I'm just curious. You can go with this any way you want, but Adam, let's start with you. Do you have a favorite and a least favorite? I do, yeah. And it was kind of surprising when I sat down to sort of explain my thoughts to myself. <laughs> just by going off pure rating alone, Savage Worlds is one of my favorites that we reviewed, and that is reflected in my scoring. But I also wanted to put a big shout out for Modern Age, uh, which I gave a, a pass. But, you know, because of our exposure to the game, I feel like it was sufficient enough that I could see that I could really make the system work for some ideas that I have bouncing around in my head for, for campaigns. I thought what was interesting as I look at these two systems that make my highlight reel, I was pleasantly surprised to see 
a couple of universal systems. And I'll shy away from using the term generic because it has a, like a negative connotation that I'm purposefully trying to avoid because I was really impressed that systems of this type had risen to the top of my list. And I oh. wouldn't have guessed that from the outset, and I was pleasantly surprised that they did so. Now, I did not run uh, Modern Age, you did. But I felt like both Modern Age and Savage Worlds, <sighs> Savage Worlds just had a useful, such a useful book from the from the GM's perspective. It's just like everything in here is is immediately useful at the game table. That was amazing. Yeah, it, it, Anybody else thoughts on, on Adam's choices? Nope, no. apparently not. I wanted fights. Come on, people. The yeah, ropes are Adam, off. You're stupid. Yeah. Your opinions are stupid. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. We need a little controversy. I'll, um, you, I'll ask a I'll ask a question. Uh, Adam, what put modern age up there on a pedestal with you? Uh, I thought it was familiar enough. Um, all of the sort of attributes and skills made sense to me while while still having mechanics in it that I didn't expect to really be fun. We talked a little bit about the double-edged sword of the uh, the dragon die, or, or in this one, it's like the, the wild die. They give you a number of points to go shopping, and you go shopping on a particular list, and then this table tells you all the things that you could do. And the double-edged sword of that is that it can kind of grind the game to a halt until you've internalized it. And it's one of those games, I think, that will really shine with more plays. In the nature of our review system, we played it sufficiently enough where I could see that it could be really fun, but didn't quite get to the point where we internalized it. And for that reason, I think, with some more plays, I really could get some good use out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Nathan, since you've bit, now it's your, yeah, now you're up. Oh, no. Well, uh, any, oh, no. Now I'm in the trap. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The wheel has turned, sir. Okay. As everybody knows, I am a huge Star Wars fan. So it might surprise people that my favorite game is actually Monster of the Week and not the uh, West End oh, Star really? Wars game. Really? Yeah, I, you know, just kind of looking at, you know, all of these games holistically, the one that sparks the most joy in me to play has still is still Monster of the Week. I think it is interesting enough in its, you know, episodic nature. It's got a fun setting in that you can kind of set it wherever you want, but it's it's that whole like we're on a we're on a monster of the week TV show and everybody has seen at least one of those. Like everybody knows the X-Files or Supernatural or Buffy or whatever. So everybody has a touchstone with it and you can just ham it up, you know, because you're on this TV show. Basically, <laughs> that just really makes me very happy when I play it just, or run it for that matter. Uh, I also enjoy running monster of the week as well. The game we played, I remember I, I set it at Purdue University, since it's in our backyard, and I had you guys fight a red cap. And of course, being set at Purdue, the red cap was an IU hat, and I was very proud of myself. <laughs> yes. <with> that. <laughs> uh, little homegrown rivalry. As a Boilermaker, I was very proud of that. The looks on your guys' faces when, you know, all the dots finally came together felt very good to me. So maybe, you know, just the situation makes it more enjoyable, but I also think that the game, like, allowed that to happen and encourages that sort of stuff to happen, which I really enjoy. My least favorite has got to be, I'm uh, not so sorry to say, I guess, uh, Troika. I just wasn't... Damn Brits and their weird games. Yeah, it's just so weird. Why do they gotta be so weird? 
Yeah, yeah I just it just never really hooked me. There are parts of it that I like. I I kind of like the all right, let's just find out who you're playing this game. <laughs> who yeah. knows what it's going to be? And it'll be something bizarre and wonky. And that part I really enjoy because I do lo- tend to like, I mean, I like watching, you know, Monty Python and British right. farcical humor, right? But I think I also kind of like being in control of that farcical humor. And mm-hmm. Troika yes. just happens to me instead of me happening to it. And that's the part that I didn't like. Yeah, the entire game experience is a random encounter. Like it's yeah. just like it is. It is throw a dart at a dartboard, and oh, we're we're fighting anthropomorphic frogs now, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's just uh, you know, it is so random and so off the wall that I feel like it's hard to tell a connected story. And being a very story driven player. I did not enjoy it as much. So it has got to be towards the bottom of my list. I think you, you, you need something to push back against in order to be zany, you know? Yeah. That's right. That's right. I need I need a straight man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a straight game. To, 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 <laughs> this doesn't yeah. do it. Okay, I actually have, I have three, three co- comments here. Oh, okay. He's enumerating them, you know? No, this no, no, no. <laughs> He's got his finger <laughs> in there. One, Nathan... You said that Monsters of the Week sparks joy, which like very Marie Kondo of you. Well, that's um, that's true, yeah. yeah. I, I like the idea of, of organizing your RPGs based on um, like Japanese um, home arrangement principles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why not? Listen, when you get enough RPGs, you need some way to organize them. That's right. There you go. Might as well, might as well be this. Um, two, it is entirely possible that the perfect like Venn diagram for you would be a game called Sith of the Week. Yes. Yes, it would. <laughs> um, if we could just make, hmm, I could make Monster of the Week Star Wars. I could do that. Oh, yeah, you could do that. That's the thing I could do. Yes, that would be perfect. <laughs> the, the, the third idea is that <laughs> you object to Troika because Troika expects you to be the straight man, and that's offensive. <laughs> that is offensive to me. Get out of here, Troika. Oh, How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I'm no straight man. I feel like we're in a therapy session, and you just tapped into like the you're the you know you just tapped into the the moment of real for for Nathan. That's it's right. Like, oh no, the revelation right. just came. Yeah, out. the room what? is spinning right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna bring a car horn, a, a wooga into this this game, and I can't I can't be the one that squeezes it. No, sir. <laughs> How dare yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, um, Trey. I'm sad to say <laughs> that my favorite game was also Monster of the Week. And now, now really? Nathan said, said all the things I wanted to say about it. That's okay. Just tell me all the ways in which I'm right. Well, absolutely. <laughs> all the ways. You're, you're right in all the ways. I, I struggled with... I, I was going to say Savage Worlds because Savage Worlds has been a longtime favorite of mine. I decided it was too predictable because I went on that whole episode about how much I love that game, and I do. So I was going to pick Monster of the Week because it was surprising, right? But now it's not even surprising. Nate, Nate's taken it from me. Thanks a lot, buddy. One of the things I liked about that game was how, how elegantly the rules enabled you to do what the game wants you to do. In other words, it wants you to be a character in a television show, and it gives you exactly that. It gives you... The abilities, the the way the abilities are constituted and the way all the things that you can do are set up 
it basically turns you into Giles or or Willow. You know, there there they are. You know, they're these uh, what would you stereotypes? These archetypes for for the and, and you can do the sort of zany kind of sticking your neck out there things that you would see in these shows without having to worry too badly that you're going to just get splutched the moment you do it, right? You can do things that are not optimal because it makes the story more interesting and you don't have to worry too much. I mean, it's dangerous and you can die, but uh, it, it enables you to do these things. And, you know, the funny thing is I actually used Monster of the Week as an example in a podcast I recorded with my sister. We, we talked about the fact that there is very little onboarding for people who play that game because that universal experience we all watched those shows you know and i think you even made the point in the episode about scooby-doo like scooby-doo follows this plot line right Mm -hmm. and it asks so little of the people starting playing it's like ah you're shaggy oh you're velma you know and you just it's like oh okay and all of the things are very simply like oh yeah i guess that makes sense i would do this as velma you know it is a real easy on-ramp, I think. All right, Heidi, the waiter is looking at you. <laughs> All righty. Well, I mean, I thought about this, too. I, I very much, I enjoyed Savage World. I thought that was a great game. It very, I know we said this, I believe, when we talked about it before, very cinematic. And I very much enjoyed playing the role of kids at a camp. You know, kind of your Goonies style, getting into all sorts of hijinks with the, the bad guys. I also I thought about Atomic Highway because I'm a big fan of your dystopian kind of um, apocalyptic storylines, your Mad Max kind of thing. Plus in that one, I got to do some pretty fun killing. So that's a good stress reliever, right? You, you know, yes. who can go wrong with that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope no one from my office hears me say this. Um, anyways, sorry, <laughs> but I I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo uh, Nathan and Trey here. Monsters of the week. I I our monster of the week. I loved it. I loved wow, it. I had yeah. a blast with this game. For everything you've said already, it is an easy game to get into. Even even if you're not into that kind of stuff, it's an easy game just from the game perspective. But it's also an easy game because if you've been raised with any kind of pop culture around you, Scooby-Doo to, you know, uh, I don't know, supernatural TV shows, you know this formula. It's it's predictable, but in a fun way, not in a way that feels tired, in a way that feels comforting. And I did enjoy, we, we used some homegrown kind of uh, storyline, you know, stuff. And as an added bonus, I thought it was super fun that we were actually playing in a building where part of the story was set. I thought... It for you know for GMs out there everywhere that's a super fun nod you know to if you if you have the opportunity to throw those kind of things in I think it makes it super fun and for me this is also because I had not played with you guys all that long so for me this is the first game that I just felt like wow this is starting to gel and really work for me so on a personal level I really liked it like that so yeah I'm, I'll be part of this echo chamber. I just want to say I thank you for uh, confirming that I'm right as well. Uh, how's, yes, yes. How, can I breathe more into the microphone? I wanted to ask, Nathan, just a real quick question. Did that sort of feedback feel better than 40 seconds of awkward silence after you were done? Because that's what I got. Yeah. And it must know, feel pretty good. 
You know, I had a follow-up question there, Adam. Uh, how does it feel to be wrong about your favorite? <laughs> I've already typed out my thoughts about uh, Monster of the Week, so we'll get to that. Okay, step up. You need, you need to put Nathan in his place. Even I can't stand to see him like this. Yeah, listen. Listen. Just because uh, everybody wants to go back and eat more Captain Crunch doesn't make it a good meal. <laughs> are, are we also doing least, or are we are we kind of talking about? I'll, you know what? I'm throwing it in there. If I'm gonna, sure. I I also was not a big fan of Troika, and you that's hard. That is hard for a lady that loves cats to say because there were a <laughs> lot of cats in that story. So <laughs> yeah. I, I I struggled with that one, uh, but it was just a little too whimsical and out there for me. I will say, though, the one that I'm going with is probably my least, not because it's terrible, but because it was just so meh to me, was uh, Castles and Crusades. Castles and Crusades. I, That's fair I just thought, it's fine. I, I enjoyed it, but it was just like, well, you might as yeah. well, if you play it, if you want this kind of game, go play D&D. You know, yeah. it just, it just, it just kind of felt like, what's the point? Which I know, I'm sure you could challenge me on that. I, I know, but yeah. But, you know, there is that thing of like, you know, I had to be reminded what Castles and Crusades was. I'd forgotten all about the game. And that yeah. in of itself is its own kind of damning yeah, point. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The, of the games that we've reviewed so far, that is the game with, I think, that the, what hurts it most is the fact that we review only the base game. Because if you look at their catalog and the material that they put out, I'm consistently impressed by its quality and its usefulness. Like, all of their adventures are interesting. They have these really cool adventure paths. They have all these really awesome optional books. We didn't review those, right? But that's the thing is you don't review the totality of the game. You review the game that you pick up. It's like, hey, guys, let's go play X, right? So. Well, you also have to make me want to get to those expansions and those right. those right. Uh, additional materials. And, and yeah, again, yeah. I'm not not. It's fine. It's a perfectly fine game. It just right. there's nothing about it uh, in a house that already has a bunch of D and D stuff. Uh, yeah. There's nothing about it that's going to make me pick that up over what I already have. So, I think if you were sorry. to encounter a a a game master who ran that game and that was the game that he ran or she ran. Like, and it was he was a good game master. You would very happily play in that game for a long, long time. But yeah, it's hard to just it's hard to say yes this one as opposed to these other things. Like, if this is if this is a consumer reports where we're making giving advice on purchasing. So my favorite game, uh, oddly enough, is my choice is based on a kind of a board gamey. Uh, experience that I normally have. I get obsessed with new rule systems and types of games. And so, like, I remember the first time I ever played Worker Placement. I just wanted to play Worker Placement board games for, like, that's. I just wanted to do that. Or the first time I did a drafting game. I just wanted to do that. I really just want to play a fantasy trip campaign. I really find all of the systems and processes very, very interesting, and I want to know what it's like long term. Like, we played it for a while, but I want to really play it. And so, that of, of the games that we played, that is the one that is consistently pulling my attention back to it. Um, but it, it's for a very, like, it's, it's for the crunch of it. Like, 
is just really interesting. I want to know where you go with this and what it's like to make adventures for them. Yeah. I'll, I would join you on that campaign. And I, I, the thing is, it's a problem. I'm actually thinking about it. I have this idea for, um, well, oh, okay, no, we can't go. We can't, <laughs> I, we can't get distracted. Okay, next question. Uh, and let's just go sort of same way around the table. There are times in your life, sometimes when you wake up in bed after a lot of drinking the night before, or when you reach that point at the top of the roller coaster before you start down, where you pause and reconsider your choices. And the year that we have played these games, have there been games that at the time you thought one way and consideration over the intervening year or or whatever the time period has been has made you want to go back and maybe give it a second shot or maybe soured you on it when you liked it before so have you changed your mind at all never no regrets no okay <laughs> well then we'll skip you heidi and go to adam <laughs> no. no no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i mean you can but you know. yeah reconsiderations i think that monster of the week perhaps could have earned a high pass for me i didn't give it a high pass when we reviewed it but for the reasons already stated nathan trey etc are not wrong and i think it could earn a high pass for me depending on what side of the proverbial bed i woke up on i might consider doing so i don't think i'm saying i'm officially changing my review score uh, at this time but very easily could more to the point case was trying to make when i wake up the next day and regret a a score <laughs> For the same reasons that Case mentioned uh, with Castles and Crusades, it is so solidly well-built. I gave it a fail, and I think it's just because of all of the things that compete with it in the space. And perhaps it didn't get a fair shake for me in that way. It is very well-designed, and so if one game is Captain Crunch, this game might be a steakhouse. And there are plenty (laughs) of good steakhouses, and it just didn't do enough to set itself apart, and I can get a great steak from many places, but it is a stake. It is a really well-designed game and put a lot of thought put into it. So if there was one, I would say perhaps uh, Castles and Crusade, but if I'm allowed to, I might re- I might change my review for Monster of the Week as well. Oh, okay. Fair enough. All right, Nathan? <clears throat> Looking through my reviews, for the most part, I think I still feel the same way about these games, but a couple have kind of stood out. And largely, it's a matter of kind of the shine has come off the apple, you know, looking back now with a bit of a bit of time between me and when we played it. I think, and this is hilarious because of stuff that Case has already said, but I think I would probably fail Fantasy Trip. Nice. Instead of passing it. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Which is why uh, I was silently laughing over here while Case was waxing on about Fantasy Trip and how much he'd (laughs) like to uh, play more of it. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to rain on his parade. No, no, no. It's, It's kind of hard to point to any one thing that's like this. This is the reason why I think it should be a fail now instead of a pass for me. I didn't give it a high pass. I think the thing that I enjoyed the most about it was the, you know, the, the tactical combat that it, that it provides and, and the three stat system that it uses. But with, you know, hindsight being 2020, I don't know if those are impressive enough to me to warrant a pass at this point. I, I think if I wanted like a tactical combat game, I could find other games that do it better. 
is is my thought yeah so i don't know i'm kind of in the same boat as adam i don't know if i would like officially you know retract my one you know retract my my pass and turn it into a a zero a fail but i am definitely kind of leaning that way that's probably my my biggest reconsideration i'd also echo what adam said as well i kind of feel like castles and crusades may have not gotten a fair shake from us i mean it's the only it's the only one on the board that we all unanimously like panned we all gave it yeah, a fail, right? I agree. And I do kind of feel like maybe we kind of like we we kind of like got it on the ground and just started kicking it. <laughs> you know. Oh, no. Well, I, I think that there's I what I think is interesting about that, and you're wrong about fantasy trip, but you know whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I gotta be wrong about something because I was so right about Blades in the Dark. Oh my gosh! Oh mercy! Someone close him down. Monster Week, right? It's it's Saturday morning cartoons. I'm sure everybody likes Saturday morning, but some of us have to grow up and play more complex <laughs> versions. Oh my lord! Oh my. Lord. <laughs> uh-huh. You've done plenty of growing, old man. <laughs> that's that's what I want from you. The thing about Castles and Crusades is, I think that we have this. We all have this kind of history with it, even though we've never played it because of the because it is so. It's this weird kind of mirror image of D&D, but from these different snapshots in time. So when I see it, it's like, oh, God, third. And it's not really third, but it's it's close enough that I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't do it again. But it's also sort of second, but not quite. And, uh, yeah, it's I, I think, I, I don't know, it's very prismatic, I guess. It reflects to you something from your history with Dungeons and Dragons, I guess. We might have been too harsh. You think maybe I was having like flashbacks of Thacko or something while I was yeah. playing it, and that's maybe why I gave it a fail. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I have to, fa- I have to factor weapon speed, don't I? No, no, actually, no. <laughs> Armor type. Yes, armor type, yeah. All right, Trey, reconsiderations. I think I'm gonna have to say it. I hate this, okay. <laughs> Ooh, this is interesting. No, it's not. That's why I hate it. Oh. Um, fantasy trip. I gave it a pass, and the more I looked back on it afterwards, I felt a little stingy about that, and I might toy with the idea of turning it up to a high pass. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I for, for many of the reasons you've already named, it has an elegance to it that I just can't help but admire. Its simplicity, it's got sort of, it hits the perfect little line there between simplicity and versatility. And I just thought it was a well-designed, fun game to play. It was, the mechanics were easy to understand, but they did everything that they needed to do. There was never a point in play where we went, yeah, I don't don't know how to handle this. Everything was intuitive. I think I'd like to play more. Was it though? There was like a dozen move cards that we had. Like <laughs> we had to like select from a McDonald's menu for what you wanted to do. Okay, but if you played fourth edition, there were like two dozen move cards. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't like fourth edition either. <laughs> <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right case. God. Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think maybe what we can take away from this, though, is that it is kind of polarizing, right? So, like, if you're out there and you like, you know, the sort of games that I like, which are like, 
you know, very simple rule set, theater of the mind combat, that sort of thing. Uh, maybe Fantasy Trip isn't for you, but if you really dig that tactical combat, then absolutely. Yeah, I just feel like there's there are the people who want to kill orcs, right? You want to like, you want to. It's been a long, crappy day or a crappy week, and it's Friday evening. You're gonna go over to your friend's house and you're gonna crack open a beer and you're gonna kill some friggin' orcs. And the tactics is part of that, and it, it there is a reward there for some people. That's very attractive. I don't know. It, there was so much more to it than that. It, I, I hate to like boil it down to its, you know, combat. <laughs> Shut up, Nathan. <laughs> I can see inside your nose when you do that. <laughs> He's looking up at the ceiling. Uh, yeah, exactly. There, there, there was a lot more to it there. You know, the game that we set up in the time that we were playing was, to me, just fascinating. And, and I would have spent a lot more time with those rules, you know, playing that game happily. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd have just gone on with that. Well, and, and there's a lot, um, again, the support for that game is is absolutely stupendous. Um, there's a, they produce a little magazine that has some like extra rules and bonus things and, and anyway, okay. It is clear that Treyer and I are out of accord uh, about this game, Heidi. Reconsiderations from your your end. Yeah, choose between the two sides. <laughs> uh, no, we are sidestepping this entire uh, pile. <laughs> oh really? My my thoughts on something I would maybe I don't know. So the first game that we reviewed was Blades in the Dark. And I was so excited to be doing this and to be doing everything that I was just like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was so fun. And it's not that I don't think it was fun. I actually think I'd probably stick with giving it a pass or a high pass, whatever I gave it. But I'd like to go back and play that again because I think when I think back on that game and just kind of this like uh, this fantasy world, this kind of like uh, whims, I don't know, this like dark steampunk dystopia kind of thing I'm like I, I don't even remember I was excited at the time but that was the first thing we played I'd like to go back and play it now with a little more experience and see how I feel about it I have a feeling I'm still gonna love it but I think I would enjoy it far more and I think I would uh, have just kind of uh, more informed thoughts and opinions about why I, I feel that way so it's not that I'm, yeah, it's not that I necessarily think I'll change my opinion, but uh, I'd like to try it again, because I do remember there were things that I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just going with it. <laughs> it like steampunk steam meets spy versus spy, right? Yeah, and to me, I'm like, that sounds freaking great on paper. I'm like, but I'm like, I'm looking back on it, and I'm like, God, I don't even really remember. It's clearly, it's been a while since we played, but I'm like, I don't really even remember at this point, what it was I enjoyed about it. And I know, I just remember being excited, you know, to be, be here doing this with y'all and all that. But I'd like uh, to go back and give a more informed opinion as to more than just, thanks for inviting me, guys. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that Blades in the Dark is a game that is deceptively complex. Like, you look at it like, oh, the rules are really simple. Roll some D6s. This is what you're looking for. But because of that interconnectedness of your character and the gang and the city and the influences and all that, all those little moving parts, 
I think that game is, is something that is just going to be rewarded the more you play it. And the more you kind of get into, it's like, all right, guys, I think we're going to do this tonight, or we're going to, we want to focus our attention here. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there. I remember feeling like this is way com- way more complex than what I thought, you know, because I think we were talking about it beforehand. It was like, oh, it's going to be easy. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, wow, this feels, is this easy? Or am I, I felt like that kid in school just being like, sure, yeah, well, this is easy. Wink, you know, like, got it, you know, but... I, I, again, with more experience, uh, and, and especially playing with you guys a lot longer at this point, I'd love to go back to that at some point, um, and just kind of see how I feel about it now and just see if I am like still that excited about it. Or if I'm just like, you know what, actually this kind of sucks. It's too hard. It's too much. I don't know. I'm just curious. We actually have another game that is in a forged in the dark game on our list of game titles. It's called... Uh, Band of Blades, I think, but it, it is basically, it's this Forged in the Dark system, but rather than thieves and a gang, you are members of a mercenary troop retreating from a disastrous defeat. One of the really impressive things about that game is how the rule set encourages extended play. Oh, right? yes. Yeah, by, by having a, a character sheet for your team the longer you That's play that game, right. the more interesting it's going to get every time. I forgot the whole team had its own character. That I forgot that. Yeah. And I also really appreciate in that game how much agency the players have over the story. You know, mm-hmm. something like when I'm when I'm DMing a D&D game, oftentimes my stories, they'll have like little switches, right? They'll be like, all right, they're either going to turn left or turn right here. Or they're going to choose to save the the princess or not, or they're going to do this or that, you know. But I generally have an idea of where the story's going. Blades in the Dark running that, it is a question even for the even for the GM as to what's gonna happen that night. It's kind of up to you guys to go, eh, we're robbing a bank tonight. Or whatever. Was it Blades in the Dark that had the feature where you could have a, a memory that yes. you threw for yep. that's yeah, yeah. Which I think is really cool, but that's just to your the point you're making right now that it's like you never know what someone's gonna if you really want to get creative with that it can create hell for your gm for sure one complaint whether people internalize this complaint or whether they have actually had the fully formed thought come to the top of their head is that they often don't feel like their players or their band of players influence the world in any way and blades in the dark has mechanics to ensure that that always happens every action that you take is going to make someone happy and someone upset and the influence beyond those so a a sufficiently qualified gm could do that in any system but what's great in my opinion about blades in the dark is that it has mechanics to ensure that that always happens every decision you make as a group well and and adam your 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 point there is exactly why for me the reconsideration is blades in the dark because i gave it a fail in some sense stand by that because that campaign setting just like why why do i have to learn all this stuff i would have been very happy with a like rule book and then a campaign book so like here's all the rules for doing thieves and and running thieves in a game and then here's a campaign world if you would like one but the fact that i have to have this campaign world along with this rule set is the thing that drove me over the edge but man still and that's the thing that's funny about this reconsideration is the fact that even though that 
drives me nuts, the rule set is intricate and interesting enough that I want to go back to it. So that's, that's my reconsideration. Okay, one more question here. Let us suppose that you have invented a new category uh, of award and uh, you are giving an award out for this category to one of the games that we have played. And this, this can be any category, whether it's nicest art or best looking dice or <laughs> um, best editing anything you want so this is we've talked about maybe best games we've talked about some changes but something maybe from another game or or a game that maybe wasn't your favorite that you nonetheless really just kind of like um just made you happy sparked joy as as nathan would say adam what do you think what, what award are you given yeah my superlative i'm gonna call game friendly innovative inventory mechanic does anybody have a guess as to who that might go to? Mine goes to Troika. Troika. Yes. Troika's inventory mechanic, we didn't use it a lot, but when we did, it was really fun. You put your inventory items into your backpack, and your backpack is numbered 1 through 12. And oh, if you want to try yeah. to get something out of your backpack during... Uh, initiative order out of gameplay you just get it out but when when it matters you roll 2d6 and if the thing is written on the line that is equal to or lower than the number you roll you can get it out and use it otherwise if the fight starts and it's not in your hand and you need to dig for it you're rolling 2d6 and hoping you roll very high and i think that's a really cool way to handle it yeah that it's fun and interesting and and just kind of cool but yes cool yeah. i want this yeah all right nathan my uh category is most improved and this is the part where I talk about the Star Wars role-playing game that we played. So we reviewed the first edition of the West End Games Star Wars role-playing game as it was reprinted by Fantasy Flight a few years back. At the time we recorded that, of course, you could still buy it. And at the time that it aired, you could not. <laughs> so um, that was really unfortunate, but just bad timing. Uh, what I would like to talk about, though, is I recently acquired on the third-hand market second edition of the West End Games Star Wars, and there are some interesting changes that they've made, and I think one of the most interesting is how combat works. And one of the things we talked about in our review is how the combat system of first edition really made it very interesting and it made it so that it felt like simultaneous combat right so you say what actions you're going to do and then everybody rolls for their first action in their series of actions they're going to do and then based on the roll that's the order that those first actions happen in that is very interesting but it also bogs down like crazy i don't know if you guys felt that but i did especially while i was running it trying to keep track of all right who still has a first action left heidi you still have a first action left what'd you roll a seven okay that isn't good enough we can move on you know and keeping all that you know in your head or writing stuff down i was using up reams of paper writing down everybody's actions and such anyway second edition what they do is they you still get to say i want to do three things this turn or whatever but instead of using the die roll of the action to determine where you where your first action happens in combat instead you divide the combat into sides most combat have two sides right the good guys and the bad guys the person with the best and i'm going to not recall the correct stat the reflexes slash dexterity slash 
uh, whatever stat. Whoever has the best stat of that is going to roll, and they're going to place their side in initiative order. So there's really only two initiative spots usually, good guys and bad guys. And it's, are the good guys going first or the bad guys going first? If the good guys are going first, let's say, for example, all of you good guys, you're going to do all of your first actions in whatever order you wish among yourselves in your side. Oh. And then I will shoot at you with all of my stormtroopers and army officers, etc., in whatever order I wish for my first action. Then we'll move on to second actions and you guys will get to do it. Your your battery of second actions, etc. And it really cleans things up and makes makes combat move way faster. And there are a whole bunch of other things that they've changed in second edition, but that's the one that just kind of leaped out at me because of how if, if I had a criticism of the first edition, it is that. That combat just grinds to a halt. It's like throw a, throwing rocks into a blender. Just grinds it yeah. to a halt. And, and this really, you know, alleviates some of that pressure. I will also mention, of course, that uh, unless you go to the secondary market, you're not going to get a second edition West End Games Star Wars game. So I would point out that that rule set is currently in print as... Uh, D6 space. So basically they just took all the Star Wars out of it and published it as D6 space. So when you get a laser pistol, if you start calling it a blaster, hooray, you're playing Star Wars again. So if you, if you want to grab, if you want to grab D6 space and just say that isn't a laser sword, that's a lightsaber. That isn't a laser pistol. That's a blaster. Boom. You're playing the, the second edition of West End Star Wars with some minor tweaks here and there. Interesting. Trey, what is your special award my special award is the game most likely to frustrate min maxers <laughs> and i am to no one's great surprise going to to crown troika with that with that award <laughs> um, yes. you, you can do whatever you like i i know some of, so, some of the min maxers that are close to my heart would just I, I can imagine I, I could hear their teeth gnashing across the room when if we tried to play that game. I didn't give that game a very high mark when, when we reviewed it, but darn me if it's not the one I think about the most when I think back over over the year. That's the first yeah. one that sparks that sparks to mind is Troika and our our Troika sessions, and uh, much like what you guys and, and I've already talked about my change of heart, so this wouldn't be that anyway, but I wouldn't change what I had to say about it, but I will give it that. It's it's never been far from my mind. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's fair. That's fair. Um, absolutely. And you're you're right. It's, it's the sort of thing that I would take great delight and be like, oh, you like to choose race and class to do specific advantage, do you? Well, have fun now. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Uh, my superlative is most inspirational. That is, as a DM, when I pick up a rule book and I suddenly have like four or five different possible campaign settings just blossom in my head from reading the rule book, that's pretty inspirational. And so that, it's funny because I didn't actually read the rule book. It goes to modern age. We played modern age and I felt like the options for different types of campaigns and stories that I might want to tell in a modern setting were almost endless. I was like, oh, I could do spies, I could do thieves, I could do 
investigators or soldiers in a battlefield, but just all of these very, very different things that are all modern. I wouldn't have to worry about, like I could add Supernatural if I wanted, but I don't have to. I just liked it and and was inspired and like, oh, I could run this, I could run this. So yeah, that that gets my superlative. Heidi, I'm sorry that I uh, messed up the rotation. You lost your spot on the initiative. Sorry, Heidi. That's right. <laughs> what if I just gave you the silent treatment? No, it's all Nathan. Nathan did that new initiative order, and now I'm all confused. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Such a mess. Well, clearly the sides are me, Adam, and Heidi, and then there's Trey and Case. Yes. Yeah, good guys and bad guys. You made it very yeah. clear. Good guys and bad guys, yeah. Ageism. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say from a, a personal perspective, from us us playing, I, I think I would definitely give out an award for the best hidden uh, fantasy RPG talent to Dr. Tompkins for his dancing skills in modern age. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Are these Madam. real life as well? Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He does have some fancy moves. You can cut a rug in, in real life? All right, all right. I don't think I've ever seen you dance, my friend. <laughs> and you won't. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Um, Challenge accepted. Yes. Challenge accepted. Now I know. Get that on my bucket list. See uh, case dance. I think for for me again, I, we've done a lot of kind of ripping on Troika a little bit tonight. I will give it this. I think it had some of the coolest artwork I've seen. Oh yeah. I really loved looking at that book and really when we that's I was excited to get into that one. It just. Like I said, it proved to be a little too whimsical and I couldn't quite latch onto it. But man, the the art was just super cool in that book. I don't know. I don't have the book in front of me. I'm not sure who did the art for that, but kudos to them. I thought it was just really cool and just kind of unique looking. So I would give it that. If you, if you have any interest in trying it, at least check it out for the artwork, for sure. Well, I think one of the things about the, the, the way these reviews play out is none of us particularly love Troika, but if anyone listening to us was inclined to be really into the stuff that Troika does, I think they would pick this game up. Yeah. Just oh, based yeah. on the stuff that we didn't like. They're like, you know, all that stuff that they hated? I love that. <laughs> Gonna play this game. So, yeah, it's a, it's a well-written game if that's what you want to do. Yeah, I would agree. No, I would agree. Again, I, I'm not trying to rip that game apart or anything. I just, it, it didn't quite, I don't know. I, I passed it, you know, but that's because I also passed everything, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we have yet to see the day that I fail a thing. I want to kind of wrap this up with a kind of, jack handy deep thoughts uh moment like i'd like to know what this year of playing a different game pretty much every month has taught you or what you've learned or what you've experienced and it can be pretty much anything so i would say that the thing that i have learned in this has been that if you have the right group of people any rpg is fun yeah. just you're here and uh so i i feel extremely blessed uh to be doing this with you guys so even nathan 
Well, listen, as long as I can keep him in my sights, he's not behind me. <laughs> to find one's rival, you know, is, is its own special satisfaction. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's an important part of life. It's like, oh, my nemesis. Now you know who he is. <laughs> now I know who he is. <laughs> it does make it a lot easier when you can put somebody's face on the dartboard. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. It's not, it's not like that scene in um, Avengers. You know, you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody else? Anything like lessons learned or just like stuff that stood out to you? Yeah, I'll I'll start. Of course, I have really had a blast playing with y'all as well, and share the same thoughts as Case. Mine's less touchy feely, but one thing I found that sort of. <laughs> I've found that I roll my eyes at a little more often than I used to. You know, you put the designer's name on the co- on the cover of the book. Sometimes you even put the artist's name on the cover of the book. But Lord bless our editors, because oh. an, a well-edited book can make or break Amen. your your book. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, more than just sentence cadence and, and phrasing and consistency and punctuation, organization, keywords, index, glossary, all of that stuff is really important, especially for the feverish page that we go through our games, and I've come to really respect it. So if your game's about to go to publishing, yes, it does need one more editing pass. Oh, preach it. Yeah, Please. absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the the power of editing. Goodness gracious. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. It it do, it does make all the difference. Nathan, any uh, thoughts? I've got all sorts of thoughts. I have all sorts of thoughts, but in this kind of like North Korea, South Korea style ceremony at the DMZ, I will agree with Case on something here which is yeah with the right group of people any game could be fun even i i put troika at the bottom of my list i still had a blast playing it because of the people i'm playing it with right and ultimately it's kind of up to you to bring the fun to the game you know it's not you know it's the the game's job to enable you to have fun but like you still got to bring the fun yourself right this is also kind of echoing something that you know adam just talked about editing the thing I most appreciate about a rulebook is a well-organized index. The thing that infuriates me the most is when I open up D&D 5th edition and look up poisoned in the index and it says, see conditions. <laughs> and I go, nah. <laughs> Why, just, just put the page number for conditions right here. <laughs> like, I'm here in the index because I got to answer this question right now. Why are you making me do an ASVAB test to, to find it? <laughs> You know, like anyway, so well-organized index, I would just tack that on, you know, just kind of thumbtack that on at the end of Adam's editing comments. He just made um, a well-organized index can really, really make or break a rule book for me. Yeah. If your index sends me to somewhere else in the index. Oh, I hate like... it. Oh, it's so infuriating. <laughs> oh, oh, I see red. I see red. That player character's about to die because they're making me use this index. Okay, maybe they're not going to die. But I'm going to mean mug them for making me <laughs> I'm going to be angry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so true. And then when you have one, like, you don't notice it. It's like good music in a video game. Like, when it works, you just don't even notice. Like, oh, there it is. All right. Oh, and you know, the one other thing I might say as well, just a a real quick tag on here at the end, is kind of the whole point of our podcast in general, which is like, if you're playing a role-playing game and you don't like it, 
find a different one. There are so yes. many role-playing games out there, right? Um, Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder aren't the only role-playing games out there. There are tons to choose from. There is one for you. You just haven't found it yet. So that would be my other Jack Handy thought. I feel like I took all of them. Go for it, Trey. Did I take yours? I'm sitting here. Case looks over it, and I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, <laughs> I think I hate him too. I think, I think maybe yes, I hate good, him too. good. Yeah. Let the hate yeah. flow. Well, I will tell you that what I've been planning to say all this time was, if you don't like the game you're playing, <laughs> play by the game. <laughs> and and my backup was that this is since we since we started all of this um th- this podcast. It's the first time in a while that I've had one gaming table and only one because my you know work life and whatnot has gotten to the point where I really don't have time for any other ta- table but ours. And and I was going to say really it doesn't matter what game you're playing, you know, so essentially everything that you guys have already said is <laughs> what I was going to say. Really kind of the, the whole point of this podcast is there's a game for you. If you're trying to kludge together a, 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 a game to do what you want it to do, look around. There's a game out there that does what you want. Yeah, don't play. It's like, well, everyone is playing this. But if you don't want to play that type of game, who cares? The only mm-hmm. group that should matter is the people at your table and what they like. And if everybody wants to get together and do Monster of the Week, the do monster of the week. Don't try and do monster of the week in Dungeons and Dragons. It's not built for it. Go do it in Monster of the Week. You don't have time to play. Like we're all adults, and none of us are college students with infinite amounts of time. Like some people listening may be college students with infinite amounts of time. You won't have infinite amount of time very soon. That's true. <laughs> yes. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. But like. Don't waste it on a game that you don't really like. A system that constantly aggravates and disappoints you. Like, don't. Take your money somewhere else. Heidi, bring it home. Don't ever be afraid to start this stuff up, you know? I mean, yes. don't. Never. I, I, you know, if you are were curious about this stuff, if you liked some geeky things growing up, but you never knew anyone who played or never got into it when you were in high school, I didn't. You know, and I I got a chance to play several years ago with a diff- different group of friends, and that allowed me to open up through to a, a coworker one day about yeah I I actually play D and D, and that started a conversation, and here we are a few years later with this table, and it's become this whole different chapter of my life. And if I had been too nervous to kind of express a little bit of interest in that, because I I'm not the expert. I don't have the years of experience, but I do have the interest in this kind of stuff. So if you have that, seek it out. Find, you know, a club near you, find a, a comic shop or a, you know, game shop near you that maybe runs some games. Look for it. Find a Facebook group, a Twitter group, whatever. I don't know. I'm too old for social media now. I don't know. Bully <laughs> your little brother into doing it. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, find find your people. They're out there, and a lot of them are just like you. And and like the games, don't be afraid to try different groups until you kind of find your fit. But just you're not too old for this. You're not. I mean, it, that's it. Yeah. No, that I, I I can't do better than that. That is a great close. Go out there, play games, find the game that works for you, find the group that works for you. Open up a new rule book, look around, check out the rules for grappling. 
Oh boy. I went there. <laughs> I saw it coming that time. Yeah, yeah, no, of course you saw it coming. Man, I want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Like an infant, she passes everything. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh, oh my no. goodness. Now cut, cut it, cut it out. No. Take that out, Adam. Uh, Leave okay. it in! Leave it in! Okay. Alright, everyone, calm down. Uh, <laughs> Lord Almighty. Okay. Uh, my superlative is best. Now I've, sorry, now I've forgotten. I've, I've gotten all, all <laughs> out of sorts. Oh, that's what it is. Hey everyone, it's Adam here with a quick note to mention that the RPG Review Board will take a brief recess to play and review another great backlog of gaming content. We'll reconvene soon. We look forward to having you join us for another year of gaming goodness. Be safe, grapple wisely, have fun, and game on.